last week we were taking a look at, and we're continuing this part two in conclusion, of uh, looking at the the topic of the Brachav Shachianu, what we call Birchat Hazman, and specifically the issue of Birchat Hazman as said when performing mitzvot. Um, and we looked at several sources. I'm going to bring up the uh, source sheet right now. We looked at several sources. It's the same sheet as we had last week. Um, and we saw the Mishnah. We started, by the way, with the sugya at the end of Sachim about making Shachianu at the uh, at the Pidyon Ben. The question is, who makes it? We saw a couple of different girsaot in the uh, different versions of the Gemara. Um, and then we took a look at this Mishnah. I'm just quickly reviewing. We took a look at this Mishnah, which is the only place anywhere in the Mishnah that the Brachav Shachianu was mentioned. Now, two things to notice about this, uh, and that is the following. First of all, we are under the impression, and there's a good reason for that impression, that we say Shachianu whenever we hear good news. The Mishnah says that's not the case. The Mishnah says that you make, when you hear good news, you make a bracha called Atov HaMetiv. And Shechianu is specifically associated with one thing, and that is acquiring some sort of a major thing that brings you happiness, like a new home or new clothes. That's part one. Part two is the wording of the bracha. We saw that the wording of the bracha in Ketaviyad Kaufman. It, which is the most reliable source uh, version of the Mishnah is Baruch Shehigianu Lazman Hazet. Right. So we uh, we then took a foray and and looked at the one other place where that word shows up anywhere in the Mishnah, and that is in the wording of the bracha that we say at the end of Magid, uh, which in some versions has Asher Ge'alanu Galat Avotenu Mitzrayim. And we saw that there's a wide range of versions of that bracha, as we saw in source 7 through, uh, really through 14, all the way through the Haggadah. Uh, and that might be a building block for, for, uh, for the bracha. We've laid this all out as kind of um, um, signposts to come back to. So I want to add one more signpost here. And that's at the very beginning of the source sheet. Uh, in source two, we we hear the words of David. Now, the context here is appropriate, and I wanted to wait till this week for it, because in our minhag of Ashkenaz, this chapter is read as the end of the Haftarah that we read this past Shabbat. You know, the Sephardim read only chapter six, and all, all, only part of chapter six, which is bringing the Aaron up to Shalayim. Not the very end, because the very end ends on a sour note with Michal being cursed, perhaps. But we, but the Ashkenazim read, we read further. We read into chapter 7, which is when David wants to express his desire to build the Mikdash. Uh, David has settled into Shalayim, whether he conquered it or moved in, unclear. He's made it his capital. He's brought the Aron there. And now his final desire, which is to build the Mikdash, Natan HaNavi says, go for it. And that night Hashem comes to Natan and says, time out. Not really. David cannot build it. His son will build it. And first, I'm going to build his house, which is to build his dynasty. He will die. His son will take over. And then his son will build the house for me. David, and this is part's not enough Torah. David then comes to Hashem. I don't believe we get this far enough Torah. David then comes in to say a tefillah of thanksgiving. Oddly enough, at thanksgiving, because even though he's been denied the one thing he asked, he has been promised a dynasty of Beit David, as we know it. And David says the following. This is how he starts his tefillah. 
So David comes in and sits in front of Hashem, which seems to mean in front of the Aaron at this point. Uh, I'm not worthy. Beiti here means my family, my dynasty that's going to be. That you have brought me up until this point, meaning you brought me so far as to take me from a simple kid who was the runt of the family, who was a shepherd, and brought me not only to become the acclaimed ruler over my tribe, Yehuda, but afterwards the acclaimed ruler over all the tribes. And then the biggest point is the acclaimed ruler for all time, as denoted by God. You will be, you and your seed will be the rulers for all time. And the way he expresses it is, who am I that you have brought me to this point? All right. So again, another signpost. Let's leave it out there. We're going to tie all of this up together in the second half of the shiur. What we then saw was this important passage, and they're all important, but this vital to us passage in the Tosefta, which listed four different mitzvot for which you say a shechianu. However, we saw that the wording here is a little bit shifted. We saw that this is about sukkah, lulav, tzitzit, and tefillin. Those are the four that are listed, and we don't know if this is an exemplar list or an exhaustive list, meaning are these four examples of things, or this, or this is this the list? What we saw that they had in common was they are all things where you create an object. In the case of sukkah, it's a hut. In the case of lulav, you're putting it together. Tzitzit and tefillin, and three of them are thing, things that have some permanence. Two of them are really have permanence, tzitzit and tefillin. Uh, sukkah is at least like a mini home. Lulav, of course, is quite temporary. But you, but it's when you make them, you make a shechianu. Now, important to note that in, and we saw this last week, but just a quick review, that in, and I, I put the shechianu bracha in the blue, is that the first instance of it says, Baruch shigianu lazman which is exactly the wording the Mishnah uses right there when it talks about shechianu. The later instances are Baruch Shechianu V'Kimanu V'Yigianu L'Azmanazeh, which is the version we have in our litur- in liturgy. And the next two say Baruch Shechianu. Now, Baruch Shechianu is a legitimate short, short version. In other words, to say, because that's what we call it. We call it Shechianu. Why do we call it Shechianu? Because that's the first word of the, of the nuance of the bracha. Every bracha has Baruch HaTashem The first word that's different is Shechianu. Right? In other words, we, if we want to refer to uh, the bracha you make on bread, how do we refer to it? What do we call it? Hamotzi. Hamotzi. We're not going to call it baruch, and we're not going to call it haaretz. We're going to call it hamotzi because that's the first unique word in the bracha. We can't refer to the bracha set on fruit as bore because bore is three different brachot or more than that. We can't even say bore pre because that's already also going to be at least two brachot. So therefore we say ha'etz or ha'dama. But think about, and, and, and we can't say bore either for mizonot, so we say mizonot, because bore again leads to several. But how do we, how do we refer to the bracha that you make on the coffee you're drinking? Shachol. because that's the first unique word. So to have shechianu as a short version of shechianu is totally legit. The part that's troubling is baruch shigianu, because that's unusual to use the last word of a formula, or the end of a formula, and skip the middle of the formula. 
That's unusual. All right, let's keep that where it is. We noticed that when it came to Shechita, there was no mention of, of a Shechianu, but more critically, when it came to Brit Milah, there was no mention of Shechianu. And as we know, the Rambam's approach, we're going to see the Rambam uh, today, the Rambam's approach is that you do make a Shechianu on Milah, right? Which means the Rambam is going to look at this list and say this list is certainly not exhaustive, right? And then we saw the one thing that really kind of threw us into a tizzy, which is, you're the farmer and you're going to your silo to separate trumot masrot. You may you say and again back to shigianu shumafrishan. So you don't say it when you're walking. You say it when you separate them, and then you say the bracha. Now notice, and Sherwin pointed this out, that the order in all of these is shifted, where you say the shachianu before the brachat mitzvah as opposed to afterwards, the way we do it. We say, and then here is said first in all of these cases. All right. We then, and again, I'm just laying, laying out the minefield for us. And then we saw this other Tosefta that had us saying, again, uh, when you're bringing Menachot or you're bringing Zvachim. And I mentioned last week, uh, towards the end of this year, we looked at this and said, Who's making this bracha? So some of you suggested it's a, a Yisrael who's bringing the first korban that he ever brought in his life, the first korban of the year, whatever it may be, uh, or he hasn't been there in a long time. And indeed, there are Rishonim who say that. Rashi in one place says that. Tosfot hits Rashi with a ton of bricks for the reason that I mentioned last week, which is that the language of the Tosefta indicates that it's one person making all these brachot including Hamotzi when he eats the Mincha. So that's got to be a coin. And he's the coin who's offering it. So why is the coin saying, what's going on? So again, laying it out. And the same thing with Zvachim. Okay. Um, I'd like to skip. Uh, and then the last thing that we looked at was the language of what we remember, Modim Darabanan. And in Modim de Rabbanan, there's a phrase, Shechitanu v'kiamtanu. And I mentioned that Weisenberg is of the opinion that that formed the other part, the Higianu from Pesach and Chitanu v'kiamtanu from Modim de Rabbanan ended up forming the full bracha Shechianu. I don't buy it. And I explained last week why I don't buy it. So I have to offer an alternative explanation. And we're going to go from there. So I want to show you one thing in the Yushalmi before we get to, because our main involvement here is going to be at the Bavli, but there's a passage in the Yushalmi we have to see. The Talmud Yushalmi here at the, in, in Masachat Brachot quotes Artosefta. Now there's two things here that are critical, critically different than Artosefta. The first thing is that it distinguishes between making something for yourself and making something for other people to use. And there's a bracha that is presented here uh, on making a physical mitzvah. So when you're making a sukkah for yourself, it's la sot sukkah. When you're making it for somebody else, la sot lo sukkah lishmo. And the same thing goes through um, lulav and mezuzah and tefillin. And then it also says that you make the bracha on the mitzvah. However, the sound of this tosefta sounds an awful lot like our tosefta here. 
except for one huge thing that's missing, which is Shachianu. There is no Shachianu. Yerushalmi doesn't, doesn't quote that at all. Now, is that because Yerushalmi has a different version of the Tosefta without Shachianu? Is it because this is a totally different Braita that is taught, that is focused on the issue of the bracha made when making a physical mitzvah? Not Shachianu, but La'asot, and the distinction between making it for yourself and somebody else. Okay, so another thing to put out there in the minefield, and now let's get into the Bavli. <clears throat> the, um, the Bavli here in Masachat Sukkah, um, question, source 18, quotes our Tosefta and quotes it exactly as we have it. With one critical addition, it adds in Shachianu Mekimanu Vigianu. This is not unusual, and I'll suggest why that happened. Now, this is in the Bavli, right here, right in front of us. By the way, how many of you make a Shachianu when you build your Sukkah or make your Lulav? Correct. Okay, and yet, here it is in the Bavli, uncontested seemingly. Right? And then... The, 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 it, it switches the order around. Sukkah is second instead of first. And here it distinguishes and says that you make a bracha lulav each day. It quotes Tosefta saying that, remember we saw this last week, that on Sukkah you make the bracha the first night and that's it. You don't make the bracha shekhidishanu anymore because it's a non-stop mitzvah day and night. And now, does not quote the, uh, does not go further because the topic here is Sukkah. What happened to this? So I want to take a look together with you at the riff. Just a very quick, quick bio sketch. Rabbi Yitzchak of Fez, who um, died in 1103. His career was mainly 11th century. Lived in Morocco. They had to leave Morocco and move to Spain because of the Al-Muhadim um, that eventually also ended up coming into Spain. And then that's where the Rambam's family left. The unifiers, the ones who demanded that you accept Allah or hell to pay. Um, and he ended up moving to Spain. Yitzhak Alfasi wrote an abridged, we're all familiar with it, wrote an abridged version of the Gemara, which he called Halachot. And that was exactly the point of it, was to distill every Talmudic discussion to its halachic parameters and halachic final decision cutting out most of the discussion, cutting out all of the Agadot, cutting out all the extraneous material, and you ended up with a much smaller version, which therefore was more accessible to most people. And so it's commonly known as the riff. It's printed in the back of all standard chasses, and it looks like a Gemara to the point where some people actually will open up the back of a Gemara and think there's a mistake here. The printer reprinted the Gemara in the back. That's not the case. It's the riff. And um, and the riff became a, uh, a very popular work um, early on in in the uh, in in the 12th century, and was commented on by people already in the 12th and 13th century. Okay, the riff says the following: So he quotes this. And again, my question is, why don't we do this? Okay. Again, when you make a, a sukkah, okay? So read through and all the way through, and then um, 
we have uh, the, the discussion about Tefillin, which is not relevant to, to our particular thing. And then he quotes, Tanu Rabbanan, and so now he adds something in, which is that the only time you can say Shachiyan, I'm building the sukkah, is if you're actually making a sukkah. In other words, not a sukkah that's always been there, but you add something new to the sukkah. Then you make the bracha. All right. So if you cannot add something new, then when you come into the sukkah, you make two brachot, Lesheva sukkah and shachian. And then Rav Ashi testifies that his Rabbi, Rav Kana, that's Rav Kana, the second Rav Kana, he saw that he made all of these brachot on the coast, meaning shachianu and Lesheva sukkah, which are presented up until this point as independent brachot, not necessarily said at the same time, not necessarily said even on Yom Tov themselves, that he said them all on the coast of Kiddush, which is exactly what we do. What happened? And I mean, this is our practice. What happened here? And what happened to making the Shechianu on the Sukkah? So for that, we're going to take a look at Tosfot. Tosfot here in Sukkah. Now, and Tosfot here is going to help us a lot with a lot of our, our issues. Ta'am. Why are there certain mitzvot where the rabbis established, and we have to see how that happens, a shechianu, when you may do this mitzvah, and there's mitzvot that, that, that we don't have. Give me an example of a mitzvah that we do that we don't make a shechianu on. Did you put on tefillin today? Most of them. <laughs> you say Shachianu? No. No, why not? Because we do it every day. We do it every day. We don't do it every day, we do it most days. Okay, okay. good. So why the certain mitzvot that uh, that we do regularly, so no Shachianu. Tosa's going to take this further. So when you build a sukkah, make a, put a lulav together, we find it here. However, notice that even though the bright of the Tosefta, remember this, the Gemara didn't quote this part. The Gemara only quoted the first two parts, which was Sukkanula. The next two parts about Tzitzit and Tzfilin weren't quoted, and he said they didn't make such a Takana, which is interesting because it's there in the Tosefta. Because in Menachot, we don't have time to look at all the sources, in Menachot, we find that even though the Tosefta said you make a bracha when you make tzitzit, shachianu when you make tzitzit, we don't do it. Now, important note that we have this bracha in Yushalmi when you make a sukkah, la'asot sukkah. La'asot lulav. He said, but you find that there is no mitzvah la'asot filin, even if you put them together for the first time. And then Tosot says, in the very fact that it doesn't mention shachianu, there's no shachianu there either. Do we make a shachianu on ben? That's how we started the whole thing. You make shachianu on ben. The only question is, who makes that bracha? Now this is Tosot Shita. We don't make a shachianu at, at milah. 
That's the minig of 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 chutzlarts of Ashkenazim and chutzlarts, right? Midalochash berakat chelor of sofer wasn't a milah. Hadi brachot shal milah, right? We saw that in the Tosefta list. The bracha you make on the milah, the bracha the father makes lachin so, the bracha that the mevarech makes chasher kidesh, and there's no shechianu there, right? So Rambam will explain his his position. The chena kriat migilam mevarech shechianu. We saw this last week. Uh, how can we not make a shachion on halal? And there you can't do your tefillin answer, which is that we don't do it reg- that we do it regularly. We don't say halal regularly, and we don't say shachion on halal. Right? That's easy answer because halal is no action. It's just oh, very, very good, 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 good. Let's take what Sherwin says for a minute and spin off of that. Excellent. Um, is there a, a mitzvah from the Torah that you may, that you do, um, every, uh, every Friday night? Kiddush. Do you make a bracha on Kiddush? Bracha, yeah. Do you make a bracha asher before you make Kiddush? No. No. You don't. Do you make a bracha every time that you bench? You bench. That's a mitzvah doraita. Do you make a bracha asher kiddushan mitzvah v'tzivan No. No. All right. Let's say these days when we daven mariv early, like Friday night, we daven mariv early. And then what do they remind you? When you get home, what do you do? After dark, make sure not to forget to. Sfira and Shema. Again, you say a bracha. Asher kiddushan mitzvah v'tzivan No. All right. There is a sheet in the Gonim that says to do it. We don't do it. Why not? So sure, I'll answer very simply. These things themselves are not actions. They're brachot. We're not going to make a bracha on a bracha. So the same way, we're not going to say shachianu on halel because the halel itself is itself just a pronouncement. Somebody challenge that? We make a bracha on halal. We open up halal. We don't make uh, the shachianu on halal. Not, not shachianu. Right. We make a bracha on the crow at the halal. Right. Good. Which proves to you that halal is not the same as kiddush, right? Right. And then for you to make a bracha on it, to when I make a shachianu. And I'll, and I'll circumnavigate that one by pointing out that we make a shachianu on Megillah. Right? Which, by the way, according to one opinion in the Gemara, Megillah and halal are parallels. Right? We don't say halal and Purim because we read the Megillah instead. So, not so simple. Not so simple. Okay, why we don't say, we don't say that on a... a, a Except a, the Megillah itself, the Megillah itself is not a tefillah. Everything else is, you mentioned is a tefillah or a bracha. The Megillah itself is an action because it's a, it's a separate book. You mean because you have to read from it? Yes. And, it's, and it, 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 it intrinsically is not a, not a tefillah, the Megillah. Okay. okay, okay. Although again, there's that opinion of Rav Nachman that Kriyata Zui that the Megillah is the Halal on Purim, and we can we can say except for that opinion that might work. What are you mm-hmm. saying? I, I'm agree. I agree with you. It's not simple at all. And he admits, so he says, So now they're going back to the Mishnah and saying, oh, you make a bracha and new clothes. He said, we don't really rely on that. Why? Because as we see in Eruvindaf Mem, you need something that comes from time to time, meaning that it's on a regular season. 
which of course is hugely problematic because what's the very first thing the Mishnah talks about when it comes to Shechianu? A new house. What's new house day on our calendar? Of course, that's a silly question. There's no such thing. Right? You build a new house when you build a new house. So when you move in, say Shachianu. Or when you build it, say Shachianu. It's not like it's on the calendar. So he says that we have a problem with Pidyan Ben because it doesn't fit the model, but is that really the model? All right. I want to see one more thing on this uh, on this Kamara, which is the commentary of the Ritva, or Ben Yom Tov Ben Avraham, Seville. This is again, now by the way, he just paraphrases it. When you make a sukkah for yourself, you make a shachianu. This is what the Gemara says. And based on the following Tosefta, it's one of the Tosefta. Perush, now watch this. Ritva says here, if you build a sukkah within 30 days of Sukkot, you make shachianu. This, by the way, where's the third days come from? Parenthetically, where's that idea that that you that if you build a sukkah within thirty days, it's now really part of the mitzvah? Where the thirty days come from? The thirty Mishnah. days came from what? I didn't mention it in the Mishnah that you came from Pesach. Pesach. Came from Pesach, right? That the halacha is in the in the Tosefta. Specifically Pesach. Shemuel says two weeks. Say from after Purim, 30 days, which by the way then has halachic implication. So for instance, if you're going away in February for a six-month cruise, you do not need to do B'dikat Chametz. But if you're going away a week before Pesach for a six-month cruise, you do have to do B'dikat Chametz. If it's in 30 days, the chova of the chag falls on you, and the same idea with a with a sukkah. Sukkah, you want to make it l'shem chag. It has to be within the thirty days. So the 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 ritva says, therefore, if you are building a sukkah within thirty days, you make a shachianu because then it's already within the the range of sukkot. Right, and he quotes from the first parak of Pesachim about biur chametz. That's it. mori. That's the raor of Aaron Alevi was the ritva's rebbe. And now he quotes the, the Gemara that says that if the Sukkah was around, let's say you had a Sukkah. Some of us have a Sukkah up all year, which is, which is built original Lashem Sukkah. And every year we shake a little something to make it Lashem Achad. Those of us who, if we're, if we're COVID strapped and stay in Chutzlar or Sukkot. Okay. Now notice what he says. Everybody agrees that when you build a sukkah or when you put your lulav together, you should only say shachianu. We don't make that bracha. This is what the Yerushalmi said. We don't make that bracha, which is the bracha on Command the God commanded us to make a thing for a mitzvah. Now watch where the mitzvah ends up. He ends up saying, when you build your sukkah, if it's within 30 days, you say the shachianu. When you put your lulav together, we have to assume it's within a few days of sukkot, right? You make a shachianu. 
He said, but you don't make the bracha asher kiddushan of mitzvotav tzivanu la'asot. Now, why is that so critical for us? Because in our practice, when do we make a shechianu in the context of mitzvot? We always make it at the same time that we make the bracha on the mitzvah, right? Asher kiddushan tzivanu we always make it together. And here he says the exact opposite. Even though we're not going to make a bracha on physically constructing a sukkah, there is no bracha la sukkah. We reject the Yerushalmi, he says. Nonetheless, that's when you would make the shachianu, independent of that. Now I'm going to ask you to ask the Ritva the following question. And we don't do seances, so we'll have to figure it out on our own. You made a shachianu when you built your sukkah, a week before Sukkot. Now you come into the sukkah and you're making Kiddush. Do you make a shachianu or not? What do you think? Yes. You made a shachianu when you built the sukkah. Now you come in to make Kiddush on Yontif night. You make a shachianu. Somebody said, things. what? Yes. Two, different, two different actions. One was building the sukkah yeah. and the other was sitting in the sukkah. So now you're going to tell me that you make a shachianu on building the sukkah, even though there's no bracha on building the sukkah, and then there's you make a shachianu on the midst of sitting in the sukkah. Bill, you had a different approach? No. <laughs> oh, you said you make the bracha. Do you have a different reason? You make the bracha. I say you make the bracha because it's in the sitter. I don't know. Yeah, we don't make a bracha all... Friday night on Kiddush. Say it again? We don't make a bracha Friday night on Kiddush. Good. So why would we make a bracha first night of Sukkot, Shachianu, even if we already made the bracha two days before when we built the Sukkah? Because, because it's Lesheva Sukkah, it's an action. What's on, what's on the Chag? Very oh, last. Okay. You're, you're not making a Shachianu because of Kiddush. You're making Shachianu because you are about to Lesheva Sukkah. Okay, so I'm going to take, I got two koan in here. I can't flip a coin, so I'm going to start with Sherwin just because he's on my screen is in that direction. All right? And I'm moving to the right, so you guys figure that one out. Now, Sherwin says... Vice President Biden would, but carry on. <laughs> so, so Sherwin says that I'm making a shachianu now on the mitzvah of Lesheh Basukan, and before I made a shachianu on the building of the sukkah. Even though the building of the sukkah evidently is not a mitzvah, because I don't make a bracha on building the sukkah. Okay. That's possibility one. Possibility two. A, do you say? I make a shachianu because? A, you said I make a shachianu because? Because of the, of the chag. There we go. We got a whole different thing cooking, which is, I made a shachianu two days ago when I built the sukkah, which probably I've never seen anybody do, but that's what we thought. I make a shachianu two days ago when I built the sukkah on building a sukkah. We have to see why that's a shachianu. Then I'm going to make another shachianu at night because it's yontif. i got to make a shachianu on having arrived at yontif. All right? Maybe. Okay? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay. Um, I want to show you a, uh, a something we don't encounter too often, a 13th century Provencal chacham. Truth is, we encounter the Provence in the 13th century all the time. The Meiri members at the beginning of the 14th century, right? But uh, Sefram Ma'orot, which is one of those lesser-known Rishonim, uh, makes them make the following observation. Again, 
Okay, so the Gemara said it very clearly. We've seen it already quoted in the Rif and in the Ritva. If the sukkah was already up, if you can change something, you make Shachiyana then. If not, you make Shachiyana when you come in at night, which means, by the way, Sherwin, we're going to split it now and say, and by the way, Abe, it also seems that you, it seems like you don't make a Shachiyana if you made it when you built it. Now, Abe's got a good question. So what about Yontif? And Sherwin's got a question. What about the mitzvah of Lesheva Sukkah? All right, good. Let's keep going. Some of our teachers, they make all of them on, on Kiddush. By the way, that's exactly what we do. That's our custom. First two days of Sukkot, it's in Provence, not in Israel. We make Shachianu, right? And Alantilat Lulav. Again, the way we do it. So I don't understand why um, why the first day would be less significant than when you put the lulav together or the sukkah together. Watch what he says. He is inferring the opposite of what we said, which is if you made shachianu when you built the sukkah, you're not going to make shachianu again. When you come in, and Anyant said, "Why should that be stronger?" So then he said, "Now I really don't get it." You're, you, you, uh, my assumption is that you made a shachiana when you put the lulav together. You're never going to say shachiana lulav again that year, right? That's his assumption. But then he tells, "So then, how come if you didn't make a shachiana when you put the lulav together, why are you making a shachiana on day one and day two? See his problem." Why is day one weaker than pre-yantif? Pre-yantif, one shachiano covers all. But if you don't make it pre-yantif, day one, you still got to take it day two. It's just something brilliant here. He says as follows. In Migragara, first day is actually weaker. Why? Why are you saying shachiano on first day of Lulav? First day of Sukkot and Sheikh Lulav? Why are you saying shachiano? Because today is the day of the mitzvah, right? I'm saying it because today I'm fulfilling the mitzvah. Am I fulfilling the mitzvah today? Say it again. Exactly. Am I really fulfilling the mitzvah today? I can't say it with certainty because if I did, I wouldn't have a second day yontif, would I? Brilliant, in, in, brilliant approach. He says, Maybe I'm not even fulfilling the mitzvah yet. Maybe I can't do it till tomorrow because the calendar. Right? So now he takes Abe's position. So watch how he splits it between Abe and Sherwin and watch this. Beautiful. When it comes to Lulav, if I make a Shachian when I put it together, I'll never again make the Shachian. Because I either made it when I put it together, or I make it when I shake it for the first time. But Sukkah, even if I make the Shachian when I build it, I'm going to make another Shachian when I come in because, here we go, here we go, Abe. Alright, and then he points out that if for some reason it was raining the first night, you didn't eat in the sukkah, then you say shachianu the first time that you come in and eat in the sukkah, even if you made it when you when you built it. Okay? I'm surprised they don't ask the question, nowhere in the Torah do you have the mitzvah of building a sukkah? Yeah. The mitzvah is Lesheva sukkah. 
Never said yeah. And nowhere would you make a how would you make a bracha on something that the Torah never told you to do? Right. And by the way, of the of the four things that are listed on Tosef, there's only one where the Torah uses the word la'asot, which is la'asulahem tzitzit. There's no mitzvah la'asot tefillin. There's no mitzvah la'asot sukkah. And there's no mitzvah la'asot lulav. They're just necessary steps towards it. Which may mean that we're dealing with something very different than we thought. Maybe what we're dealing with is a, a bracha that you're making on taking the first step towards fulfilling mitzvah. And the first necessary step, without which you can't do it, is to put it together. You can't shake lulav without having the arbor meaning put together. You can't live in a sukkah without building a sukkah or having a sukkah, right? So it, it could be that that's what's going on, and that might be why the shechianu that you make on lulav beforehand means you don't make another shechianu lulav. You already made the shechianu of lulav in, the pro, in, in one stage of the process, which is putting it together. Sukkah, though, we're going to take what Avram said, which is you still need to make a brachanyantif, because that's a separate, a separate piece. Okay. Maybe, um, maybe that's why uh, on the first day where where Shechiona fits in is different than the second day, like before Leishev Sukkah or after Leishev Sukkah. Say it again. I said on the first day you make the bracha, um, I think Shechiona, and then Leishev Sukkah. Right. And on the second day you say Leishev Sukkah, and then one of you, I don't know. We flip it. We flip it. The first night we say Shechiona at the end. Right. The second night our minhag is Sukkah as well. Right. And the second I would say Shachiano then Leshebasukka. There's a lot of interesting tire about that, about why that's the case. And what the what the Shachiano is really covering, as it were. So I wanna I wanna take you to a chuva of the Rambam. All right. Here's a chuva of the Rambam. And the Rambam took a look at our Tosefta very differently. Watch what he said. And but I, I really do want to circle back um and uh and see about both things. Where this whole Tosef is coming from, how the wording of Shachianu came what it is, and how things changed from uh, from the Tosefta, which talked about making a Shachianu when you create these things, to our practice, which is not mentioned anywhere except maybe maybe in a Tosefta of making a Shachianu when you fulfill Mitzvot for the first time in some context. And we might have to come back to our Tosefta about, about the Menachot and Zvachim. Let's see. The Rambam is asked as follows. It's in Chuvot Rambam. Uh, there's several different versions of Chuvot Rambam. I'm working with, I believe this is the, the, uh, the Blau uh, text. Hashelach of Gimel. So it was asked a whole series of questions here by one particular community. Let's say that you had a house and the mezuzah came down. You put up a new mezuzah. Do you make another bracha? And do you make a shechianu when you put it up? Now watch what he does. He quotes the Tosefta. This is not our version of the text. This is a wild statement. I want to take you back to the Tosefta because we do not have any version of the Tosefta that says this. Take a look at this. What's the first line of the Tosefta in Halachat Tet, right there at the top of the page? What does it say? What does that mean? What does that mean? 
and I want to leave this for now to circle back to it. What does that mean? Any mitzvah you do, make a bracha. Make a bracha. What's that bracha? That's what we assume. This is introducing something new, which, by the way, by the way, does not exist in the Mishnah, which is Birchata Mitzvot. You cannot find Birchata Mitzvot in the Mishnah. The idea of making a bracha before doing a mitzvah. And so this seems to be where it's introduced. And then, though, jarringly, what does the, the next line of the Tos have to say? So suddenly, Shachianu got in here, snuck in here, out of nowhere, and it seems to be a non sequitur. The Rambam evidently had a version of the Tosefta that we do not have, that read, What does that mean? What does that mean? You have to do two mitzvot, two brachot every time. But he's saying, for all mitzvot, we say shegiyanu. No. Now, clearly, the Rambam is not going to suggest that every day you say shegiyanu on tefillin. But now watch. He's skipping because he wants to get to the shegiyanu pieces. Right? And then he quotes from the other Tosefta, Right? And then he quotes the rest of it. This is how the Rambam reads it. But remember, the Rambam has a different version of the Tosefta here. What does B'tchilat Asiyatan seem to mean? Huh. When you, the very first steps, like building the sukkah. Right. So it could be read in one of two ways, but I think Sherwin's right. One way to read it, which I think is not the way it is, is the first time you do it. But that's not what it means. I think he's right. That all mitzvot, when you first create the object of the mitzvot, you make shachianu. And by the way, notice he says he, he, that his text of the Tosefta is consistently shigianu, and then he calls it shachianu because that's what we call it. And then the Rambam now in this tshuva is, as usual, crystal clear, uh, a paradigm and a paragon of precision. We've got three kinds of mitzvot for which we say shachianu. Are you ready? Harishon by him. First one. Shekol mitzvat asei. Bein shel Torah, bein shel Divrim. It's the right to the Rabbanan. Shemachayevet mizman lazman. Any mitzvah that you're obligated to do occasionally meaning at seasons, gone sukkah, v'shofar, v'lulav, v'ner chanukah, mikra, migilah, v'rachman shachianu, say shachianu, v'zayadum for some, everybody knows that, right? That's A. B. Ha'chelak ha'sheni, and this is a $200 coming on Jeopardy, everybody knows that. Ha'chelak ha'sheni kol mitzvah. Second is any mitzvah, shikinyan ha'adam, rechishat davar. Anything which involves an acquisition he says, even when you put a parapet around your roof, you make a shachianu. Why? Now, by the way, does the Rambam look at our Tosefta as an exhaustive list or as examples? Examples. It's clearly as examples. And the way he reads the opening line changes everything. 
For all mitzvot, you say shigi on it. Here's four examples. All right? So he said, Imagine this. If when I buy a new suit, I make shechianu, certainly when I buy tzitzit, I make shechianu. Why should my talit be less than a new suit? So it talks sukkah lulav is because it's seasonal. Tzitzit tzitzit is because it's possession. What's the third thing? Something that's not frequent. Not something you do all the time. Even though it does not set in a season, since it's not all the time, it feels occasional. Right? Like Makriv Menachot. Now remember, we had that problem. What's the Brita about Menachot? What's that about? Who's the coin making the Bracha? It's Israel. Who is it? Why? The Rabbim is going to give a beautiful take. Moshe Berber Talmud B'Pinyana Ben. Shavia Ben Uvarach Shtayim. Pinyana Ben is not seasonal. Pinyana Ben is not an acquisition because who's making the Bracha? Shachianu. Not the coin, right? You understand why the Gemara thought maybe the coin should make the bracha? Because maybe because of the acquisition. Yeah. He was making a profit off of it. Exactly. No, why not? But in the end, who makes the bracha? The father, because even though Pidyon Ben is not seasonal, who it's Pidyon Ben month. <laughs> it's once in a life. You had a kid and you're not really in the, fan, the family of the Lavian coin. So you have to do Pidyon Ben one time. All right? Most of the people looking here at the stage never did Pidyon Ben. You're the Kohanim, you're related to Kohanim, you're Levim, okay, right? My wife's about Levi, we saved five bucks. All right. Um, you, you, must have, you must have a cheap Kohen. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, right? So, like, here's that's one Milah. And therefore, the Rambam says the same thing applies to Greek Milah. This is the Rambam. The Maishnah. Why would that be different than Pinyon I don't get it, the Rambam says. Why would you make a bracha on Pinyon Aben and not make a bracha on Milah of the Ben? He said, you know why the Tosafta didn't mention Brit Milah? We noticed it was missing in the Brita. The Brita mentioned the bracha of the Mohel and the bracha of the Father and the bracha of the Mvarech and left that Shechianu. He said, because everybody knows it. We saw this at the very beginning of last week. The Rambam says, the Gemara never asked, do we say Shechion or Ben? And asked one question, which was, who says it? Right? It's clear. She have sharp below zman. You cannot have such a mitzvah without shachianu. By Ella Almishi Vachan. And the only question Pidyan Aben is who makes the brach? Right? And so now, said, Why did I give you these three categories in this chuva? So you will know that anything that doesn't fit these categories doesn't have zman. Uh oh, we got a problem. If you're separating Truman Masrot or Tamesh Tava, you don't make a Shachianu 
on separating Trumot and Masrot. Why am I saying, uh-oh? Because what's the Rambam's entire source here for saying Shechianu on Brit Milah? Here we go. What's the Rambam's entire source for making Shechianu? Is this Tosefta right here? This Tosefta, remember this? Mm-hmm. This, is our, this is our baby. This is our source right here for everything. What does the Rambam have? He has that word in here. Right? And now what are the examples given in the Tosefta? Sukkah, Lulav, and there because they are uh, seasonal, the Rambam, because they're acquisition. And now what about paragraph Yudalad? What does it say? So imagine how strange things are. We have a Tosefta that lists five examples, and by the way, blows past Brit Milah and doesn't mention Shechianu. Mentions everything else about Brit Milah. Even tells you how much to pay the caterer, but doesn't mention uh, Shechianu. And yet the Rambam insists you make a Shechianu Brit Milah. As you know, that's a machloket. Uh, he says, you make a shachianu on all these mitzvot. You put up a mezuzah, you make a shachianu. Put up a parapet, you make a shachianu. But the Ram also has a bracha for putting up a maquette. And yet, when you separate trumot and masot, because it doesn't fit any of these, what does it not fit? It's not seasonal. It's not trumot masot day. I can, I can challenge that by the way in a second. It's not something which brings tremendous simcha like... Uh, you know, something that happens very occasionally, like a uh, baby being born. And it's not an acquisition. I'm giving something away to the Kohanim in Lviv. So you don't make Shachianu. The only problem is the Bright that says you do. You understand the problem? Yeah. Yeah. The Rambam includes things that are not anywhere here, and the Rambam excludes one that's explicitly here. So what, why, do you say, why do you say it's not seasonal? You can't give, you can't give Maser unless you have, you've gathered your crop. Yeah, and by the way, I would have thought, my, my take on this would have been, you know why you say Shachian on Shemot wrote? Because you're celebrating the fact that you now have a harvest. And you're able to, to, to give part of it, and then you, you finish all of your gathering, and now it's time to give it to, it's, it's a beautiful thing. The Rambam says explicitly, there's no Shachian on Shemot wrote. His version must not have included it. Is that again? His version must not have included it. Oh, well, you sneak the peek. Good for, you. Good for you. Okay, let me show you something up here. No peeking, it's native intelligence. Uh, <laughs> all right. Take a look here at this Tosefta. We'll talk for a minute about this. The Tosefta, which is a compilation of Brightot that was compiled. Some of them, it predates the Mishnah, but the compilation postdates the Mishnah. The compilation and the redaction of it may be actually much later, and I'm going to make that argument in a minute, meaning the final presentation of the Tosefta that we have may be much later. By the way, there are Chachamim that are not mentioned in the Mishnah. Two, they, they missed the Mishnah, but they made it into the Tosefta. And the most famous example is Rav. Rav is in the Tosefta. Right? Um, Tosefta and Beitza. So Tosefta is a little later. The Tosefta that we have 
there are three major manuscripts of the Tosefta. There's the Vienna manuscript, which is this. This is based on Vienna. There's the Erfurt manuscript, which is considered to be, some consider to be the best. Liebman did not. Liebman considered Vienna to be the best. And there's the London manuscript. And then there's all sorts of Geniza fag- fragments. Allen must have sneaked the peek because guess what? This entire line is not in the Erfurt manuscript. The Erfurt manuscript reads, That's it. Everything that's in highlighting green is not there. And you notice here what's going on. That, that um, you notice here what's going on is that if this Breita indeed does not include as the Erfurt manuscript would have it, and the Rambam evidently had it that way, there's no way in the world the Rambam is going to quote a, a, a Tosefta and then blow past the explicit words in the Tosefta. Mm-hmm. He must have not had it there. Which means the Rambam had a very different girsa. He had a girsa that started out, and this is the critical piece, how set calling its vote Right? Boom, 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 and nothing here about Shumotumas wrote which means the Rambam reads that there's a general statement you always make a shihigiyanu when you do a mitzvah. And then it gave examples. What were the examples? Well, the four examples here, two of them were seasonal things and two of them were acquisitional things. And then there were, in this b'rita, two things, and this comes out beautifully according to the Rambam, two examples of his third category, which is things that come occasionally that are, that are festive, but are not seasonal. Meaning, there's no one particular time that you bring that mincha, you bring that, that, uh, that, that zeva. Now, who are you here? So Tosfot here gives an answer as to what's going on. I think the Rambam will subscribe to this. Clearly, all the Rambam says, um, um, has a different take in, in the Mishnah Torah. You're a Kohen. How often, we talked about this last week, how often do you get to Shalim? Two weeks a year. Twice a year, right? You have your two mishmerot. In your mishmerot, how many days? Your mishmerot is there for, for nine days, really, Friday to Sunday. But you're really on for seven days, Shabbat to Shabbat. How many days are you personally on? One day, because your, your mishmerot is divided into six bateyat. So you have one day. So that day, when you bring a mincha, that's the first time you brought the mincha, this trip, this half year. So you make a, you're going to make a, a shechianu. It now makes sense. And by the way, according to the Rambam, it's beautiful. What the, what the Tosefta did between the two paragraphs is it brought two examples of each category of things that are seasonal at set times, things that are acquisitional, and things that are festive things that come from time to time. And so Menachot and Pidyon Aben and Brit Milah will all be in kind of the same category. Mezuzah and Ma'akeh and Tzitzit and Tzilin will all be in the same category of acquisition. Right? And uh, sukkah and lulav and shofar, etc. Okay. So now according to the Rambam, ha'ose, and this sure when it gets back to what you said about an action, now becomes the watchword. It's got to be something where you're doing the mitzvah, right? Where there's an action involved in the mitzvah. But and now you understand how it got from this limited list to suddenly all the mitzvot that we do in different times. The last thing I want to talk about with the two minutes remaining. Stealing three minutes from your afternoon, um, are the language of the bracha. 
And there's an interesting phenomenon that takes place. And we saw this last week with the bracha in the Haggadah here. I'd like to contend, based on all the information we have here, that the original wording of this bracha was, Baruch Shehigiyanu Lazman And it's based upon this pasuk. David says, Mi Anochi Adonai Mi Otani Ad Halom. He's saying it in a in a in a, a way of modesty, a way of self abnegation. I'm not worthy, but I'm not worthy of what having been brought to this position. That you have brought me to this position. Haviotani Adalom Higianu which was said in the times of the Mikdash. Right? And it's Higianu. Now, by the way, this language here, which was undoubtedly part of the original bracha, because, by the way, this is a little bit difficult to understand without it, suddenly means that this is a bracha chachianu on doing a mitzvah that comes from time to time. This is your earliest source. And so now we have a model, going back to the times of the Mikdash, likely, of a bracha of shihigiyanu that specifically said when you're about to do a mitzvah. By the way, when you finish this bracha, what's the next thing you do? In the times of the Mikdash, what's the next thing you do? Crunch. Crunch. Bite down. One, one, one thing first, you finish the second cup. Then, crunch. And you eat matzah. What's the next thing you do? Eat maror. Mm-hmm. So this is perfectly suited to be right there as a shechianu that you're saying about the mitzvot that you're about to do. And by the way, you make that shechianu, and then what do you do afterwards? And then, so you see the model here, by the way, about what you asked, Mike, being the shachion in advance. Here's the model. So what happened to the language? So, again, I like to contend that the original framing of the bracha was shigiyano lazmanazan. It's based on David's words. The hechiyano v'kiyamanu evidently was a Babylonian motif of thanking God for keeping us alive and sustaining us. How do I see it? Because where does it first show up in our literature, Shachianu Vikimanu? Remember? It first shows up here in the Babylonian phrasing of what we call Modim Drabana. Al Shachitanu Vikimtanu. That's Nahardeya. Right? And Kentuchanyenu, etc. That's also in Babel. What happened is you have the Eretz Yisrael Bracha, Baruch HaTashem, Kolam Shigiyanu Lazmanazeh. You have a Babylonian Bracha, Baruch HaTashem, Kolam Shachiyanu Vikimanu Lazmanazeh, or that version. And then what happens is the texts reflect the current version, which is said, which is Shachiyanu Vikimanu Vikimanu Lazmanazeh. In the style famously of Rav Papa, who would say, whenever there were two versions of a Bracha, what would Rav Papa famously say? What's the bracha you say after going to the bathroom? How does it end? Yeah, in the it. One version is Rofei Kobasar. The other version is Mafli Lasot. Papa says, let's say both. What's the bracha you say on a, on a uh, rainbow? 
One brought version is Shomer Abrit. The other is Mandurito. The third is Kamaro, where Papa says we'll say all of them. That's what Papa Shita threw out. And our Papa, by the way, is the one who says right here about Modim, Nemunu Lakulu. Say all these versions. <laughs> so what happens? Shachiano, Vikimano, Bavel, Vihigiano, Eretz Yisrael, Shachim, Vikamnugan, Lazmanazeh. And that ended up, of course, impacting on the on the text in the Bavli. And that's where we are. So uh, we have completed. So Shachiano is not a Brachab completion, beginning, Brachab starting, but we've completed our study of Psachim. We completed our analysis of the Brachab Shachiano on Mitzvot. There's way more to say about it, but it's also past time. Uh, and again, this should be in, in memory of uh, Mayor's mom and Zeb's mother-in-law. Uh, it should be a uh, ner le and should be a source of inspiration for all of us.